and Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Continuing to talk about the names of God, but tonight we're going on the side of what we call the redemptive names or the Jehovahistic names of God. Now, what you're going to find is that um, there is there's quite a bit of link between the Jehovahistic names and the Elohim Eloistic names. So you're going to find some of the words actually combining from one side to the next. And so somebody might ask, do we have to go through all of this? But the thing is, you can combine them when you're talking and uh, praying and honoring God. But for the sake of study, we put it on the table so you can understand what is what. And then you can decide if you really have to go through some of those uh, what you'd call minute details as it relates to uh, the names. But the redemptive names of God revealed as Jehovah are God's own personal and distinct names, right? They are attributed to him alone. And interestingly, the name Jehovah is, uh, appears in the authorized version of the Bible 6,823 times and is generally translated as Lord. So we read in English and you see Lord different places, but it could be speaking to uh, different dimensions of God. It could be speaking to uh, different um, things. So it is important to understand where um, it is talking about particular Jehovahistic names so we can relate to it uh, much better, all right? The, we, have, we actually have more Jehovahistic names than Elohistic names. So we're not going to go through all the scriptures for the um, Jehovahistic names that we have. You can, I'll give you them and you can go through some of those uh, by yourself but we will try and cover about 22 names thereabout for the Jehovahistic names. So you can understand and appreciate that if we were to take time to go through all the scriptures, it would be uh, extremely difficult to cover it in a reasonable time. So first name that we have is Jehovah or Yahweh, which means Lord, okay? Jehovah, uh, in bracket we have Yahweh, which means Lord. It also means I am that I am. All right. So the general meaning of Jehovah that you would find more places in the Bible than not is Lord. In the general term of, um, you know, the, 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 the God of the ages. But it also means, as I said, I am that I am. And that's what God revealed himself to Moses as at the burning bush. I am that I am. And we want to read that scripture from Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. It's the name Jehovah. Verse 14, I remember now, this is the experience at the burning bush when Moses encountered God, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. 
And if you notice there, that is in caps, I am that I am, because it is speaking to, to God. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you, or sent Moses unto them. And God said, moreover unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, had sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So he revealed himself there, uh, there to Moses as I am that I am, which actually means I will be what I will be. And that is in, in a present tense context, because that means if you are in covenant with, with Jehovah and you need his intervention in your life at any time, he will be what you need him to be. So he's, he's a, when, when Psalm says he's a present help in the time of trouble, that is very important because that means whatever kind of help that you need, he is present to offer that help. So, you know, we can tell people in our limited uh, capacity, if you need anything, call me. People might call you and you have to call others or connect them to others because you don't have the capacity to be all that they would ever want you to be. But Jehovah is that. He said, I will be what I will be. I will be what you need me to be. And when I say that, uh, I say that with some caution. What you need me to be, not meaning that um, you just pick something out of the ad but according to the kingdom principle. So if, if you need me as healer, if you need me as provider, if you need me as deliverer, if you need me as shelter, he's saying, I am present. All right, so that's Jehovah in terms of general terms. Number two is, that, uh, is um, Jehovah Elohim. As I said, there are some of the, Jehovahistic names that um, partner, so to speak, with the Elohistic names. And this is one here, Jehovah Elohim. And it really means the Lord God or the Redeemer create, Creator. The Lord God, that's one. And then it also means the Redeemer Creator. Redeemer dash Creator. So he's Redeemer and Creator. And a scripture reference that I'll give you for that, that you can check on later is Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. Number three is uh, what the Rastafarians love to say, Ja, just J-A-H. And all that is is an abbreviated form of Jehovah. So it speaks to the same thing as Jehovah, is just that it is an abbreviated form. And there are places in the scripture where it says, um, where the Hebrew used Jah instead of Jehovah. And uh, two scripture references for uh, that is Exodus chapter 15, verse 2, and Exodus 17, verse 16. So that's Exodus chapter 15, verse 2, 
and Exodus 17, verse 16. Here's an interesting one at number four. It's Jehovah, uh, Jehovah Elohim Sabaoth. Jehovah Elohim Sabaoth. Jehovah Elohim Sabaoth. And it means Lord God of hosts. All right? It means Lord God of hosts. And that host that is speaking to is the host of heaven. It, it speaks to the, okay, it's not finished. It speaks to the host of heaven, the host of um, creation and creatures. So it's speaking to the Lord God of hosts, that is the host of heaven, creation, and creatures. So in other words, God can mobilize the host of heaven, but he can also mobilize his people on earth or whatever he has on earth, his creation, his creature, to accomplish his purpose. So for example, um, he told Joshua, as Joshua led the children of Israel, he said, march around Jericho. It's mobilizing uh, the people of God. And he gave specific instructions. They obeyed and the wall fell down. So he is the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Elohim Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, that is the host of heaven, creation, and creatures. And let's look at Psalm 84. Let's read a scripture over in Psalm 84, verse, I think it's verse 8 we're going to read. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer, give air, O God of Jacob. And amen, Selah or amen. So, O Lord God of hosts. And when you read that now in the original text, that is the name given in the Hebrew, Jehovah Elohim Sabor. There's also another scripture I'll give you um, for that from Jeremiah 15, 16. We're not going to read that one, but Jeremiah 15, verse uh, 16. All right. Um, number five. Here's another interesting one. It is Adonai Jehovah Sabaoth. So linking a few of the names here. Adonai Jehovah Sabaoth. And it means, as you could maybe interpret, it means Master Lord of Hosts. So in other words, is the owner, master, owner of the law of, of the of the host. And a scripture reference that I'll give you as it relates to that is Psalm 69, verse 6. Psalm 69, verse 6. Number 6. Uh, I keep saying this throughout because sometimes, um, you know, when, when you hear it more than one time, it sticks a little better. But some of these um, names are translated maybe one time in, in, in the Bible. But the fact that they're there, we recognize them. And so some of them are abbreviations of other names that carries similar meaning or the same meaning, but just the fact that they're recorded, we're giving you the name so you would be aware that they exist. So number six is uh, another interesting one. It's Jah Elohim, J-A-H dash Jah Elohim, which really means Lord God, Jah Elohim. Psalm 68 verse 18 is a reference that you can use there. Psalm 68, verse 18. Number seven, Jah Jehovah. 
it's almost like a double barrel thing here because Jah is short for Jehovah, but um, it means Lord Jehovah, and it is really uh, for double emphasis. Isaiah 12, verse 2, Isaiah 12, verse 2, and Isaiah 26, verse 4 are the references. Isaiah 12, verse 2, and uh, Isaiah 26, verse 4. Number eight is one that you might be a little bit more familiar with. That's Jehovah Jireh. And I probably don't even have to give you the meaning for that. Everybody pretty much knows that. But Jehovah Jireh means the Lord or provider. So uh, let me see what's up. All right. The Lord will provide or the Lord or provide. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Lord or provider. Genesis chapter 22. I, the, the verse that I don't really want to get to is verse 14, but I'm going to ask you if you could just pop back to verse 1. Let me just read a few verses there to give you a little background of how God revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh to Abraham. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. Or here I am. Now, just before we read verse 2, when I, when I, maybe about five years after I got saved, this particular verse gave me a lot of problem. Verse 1 here, because I, I had studied James for Bible quiz and all those kind of stuff. I knew James, the book of James, just about every verse, uh, if you wake me up midnight. And I know that there is a verse in James that says, God does not tempt any man. And then reading through the Old Testament, Old Testament, I found this verse and I struggled with this for a long time and could not reconcile these verses because at one place it is saying God tempt Abraham, but at another place it says, let no man say when he's tempted in James, I think verse 13, I'm tempted of God. God, God does not tempt any man until I found the answer that I want to really just share with you, just in case you have that same struggle. But the, the word tempt in, in the Greek speaks simply to temptations, tests, and trials. That's in James. It would just mean temptation, temp, temptation tests, and trials. But here in Genesis, the Hebrew word here for tempt means to prove. So it correct reading should actually be, um, if we're going to read it directly out of the Hebrew, that God did of Abraham. Because you see, God don't really have to tempt us to, to see what we can bear or anything like that. If he has to do that, then he would not be omniscient that we promoted him as omniscient, um, omniscient uh, in our previous session. He doesn't have to tempt anyone to find out anything. So God proved Abraham. Prove what he already knew about Abraham. Maybe prove Abraham to the, the other folks that were around. So that's the, the, the difference with those two words, tempt, as it relates to Genesis 22 and James 1. Uh, just thought I would say that. Verse 2, and he said, that's God, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee in the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. All right. That was another verse that gave me some um, problem also, because 
It says, take now thy son, thine only son. Now, I knew that Isaac was not even Abraham's first son. It was Ishmael. So I could not understand how it said only there. I, I really had serious problems with that. And I found out that the word only there really means to be united. So he's saying, take the son to whom you are united. And the next few words says, whom thou lovest, the one to whom you are joined, you're united, and whom thou lovest. All right? He did not have that kind of attachment to Ishmael. And God said, get thee in the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Now, this is interesting because this was almost um, what you would say um, going ahead of what Jesus was going to do because Moriah, Mount Moriah was really in the same neighborhood as Calvary. It's basically the same general area. So here's God telling Abraham to offer his son there as a burnt offering. Now that is particularly significant, and that's maybe why I came here to read these verses, to offer him as a burnt offering. Because of the different types of offering, offerings that were offered in Israel, the burnt offering was particularly interesting because the burnt offering was the only offering that was totally consumed upon the altar. In other offerings, portions were left for the priest to eat and make atonements and all that kind of stuff. But in the burnt offering, it was totally burned to ash, which was an indication of the uh, total surrender of the worshiper to Almighty God. Another interesting peculiarity about the burnt offering was that it was the only offering that a non-Israelite could offer, which means God long, long time ago made provision for the entire human race, not just the Jews to receive salvation and uh, to be redeemed, but the entire human race. So God is saying to um, Abraham, I want you to surrender all to me. By telling Abraham to offer Isaac as a burnt offering, that's what he was really saying in simple words that we could understand very clearly. I want you to surrender all to me because by offering the boy as a burnt offering, you're offering, you're going to burn him totally to ash. You're going to give him, give me everything. And remember now, this is the son to whom Abraham was united. So at this point in the covenant, Abraham had done most of his work in the covenant. The only thing really left for him to do was to offer up Isaac. The future of the covenant that God uh, made with Abraham was hanging on the life of Isaac. So for Abraham to become the father of many nations and his seed be like the sand and the seashore and all of that, Isaac needed to be alive. So for him to offer Isaac as a burnt offering, he was putting his entire future on the line. In other words, it was another way of Abraham saying, all to Jesus, I surrender. He was about to give everything. Now to verse 14. Uh, you know, you can read the story so you can fill in the missing part. So Abraham went up into Mount Moriah and 
was about to offer the, the, his son, pulled the knife. I mean, he was totally into it. And God called out to him and said, lift up your eyes in verse 13 and, and look. And behold, behind him a ram, a ram caught in a ticket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for the burnt offering instead of his son. And God and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. So God revealed himself to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh. But one more thing I want to say as we, before we leave um, number eight here, Jehovah Jireh, is that you really will experience uh, the Jehovah Jireh level of God. I mean, where he opened the windows of heaven and where you see provision extraordinarily when you are willing to give God your best. In other words, the key that unlocks the Jehovah Jireh dimension of God is when you are willing to give God your best. You know, there are other places in the scripture, honestly, that says, if you give sparingly, you shall reap sparingly. Give bountifully, you reap bountifully. I'm saying Jehovah Jireh is about when you give God your very best on the altar of sacrifice. You can give God your best. You can experience that dimension of God. So I know sometimes, you know, we, we, we just use the term a little loosely to say you're Jehovah Jireh and I know you're going to provide and all of that. But that comes with um, some prerequisites. That comes with being prepared to give God your best. Number nine is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. And that is the Lord that heals. The Lord that heals. Jehovah Rapha. And we're going to read that scripture from Exodus 15, 26. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. That speaks to the Jehovah Rapha power of God. So Exodus uh, 15, verse 26. And this is a time when Israel just came out of uh, Egypt. They'd gone across the Red Sea and uh, got themselves into the wilderness. God miraculously took them out of the Red Sea, took them in the wilderness, and God revealed himself to, to, to the Israelites. Of course, Moses was a chief man there as Jehovah Rapha. Exodus 15, 26. All right, let's read it um, until it comes up. It says, and, and if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, all right? He said, if thou wilt diligently, or if you will listen carefully, to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping his, all his decrees, then I, will make, I, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you, or I am Jehovah Rapha. That's the name that is used there. Now, I want you to keep that verse there for a moment. Don't take it off. Because, again, like Jehovah Jireh, I know we, we, we jump into some 
things and just use the name a little loosely sometimes. Lord, I thank you for healing me because you're my Jehovah uh, Rapha. But look what comes before the Jehovah Rapha. He said, you will listen carefully to my voice. That means you're going to be obeying him. Sorry, and do what is right in his sight. That speaks to righteousness. See, you, you don't just, not just because you are, you're baptized, you're going to experience that dimension of God. You have to uh, do what he requires. He said, if you walk in righteousness or do what is right in his sight, obey his commands and all his decrees, then will I not make you suffer any of the diseases or the King James, I'll put none of those diseases upon you, which I brought upon the Egyptian, or I won't allow those diseases in your body. For I am Jehovah Rapha. So please remember that it is important. You see, when you walk right before God and obey his commandments and all of that, that put you in a position to walk into the throne room and say, God, you are my Jehovah Jireh, and I demand healing in my body right now in the name of Jesus. And you certainly will experience the Jehovah Rapha power of God. The next one, number 10, is Jehovah Nissi. And it means the Lord, my banner or captain. He's my banner or captain. And you know, under his captaincy, the team knows no defeat. We know a lot of captains that are, you know, under all kind of duress to explain why the team lost and this and that and some of them lose their job. Not this captain. He is the Lord Jehovah Nissi, our captain and our banner. And just like he demonstrated his hand to Jehoshaphat when those three armies came up against Jehoshaphat and the people of God, God will demonstrate his hand in your life. But um, even as I mentioned Jehoshaphat there, something else comes to mind. If you read that story carefully, Jehoshaphat called the children, the women, the men, uh, the youngsters, everybody to a time of fasting. And they broke through and experienced the, the Jehovah Nissi dimension of God, of God. Exodus 17 verse 15 is your scripture reference there. Exodus 17 verse uh, 15. We're not going to read that one. As I said, we're not going to be able to read all of them. Then we have Jehovah Kana. That's K-A-N-N-A. -N -N -A, Jehovah Kana. And it means the Lord who is jealous. The Lord who is jealous. And we will read Exodus 20 verse 5 for that. Jehovah Kana, the Lord who is jealous. Exodus 20 verse 5 and you can also note Exodus 34 14 Exodus 34 14 and you can note Deuteronomy 5 verse 9 so three scriptures we'll only read Exodus 20 verse 5 but you can note 34 14 and Deuteronomy 5 verse 9 all right verse 5 thou shalt not bow thyself to them talking about any other god or serve them those idols. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. 
No, that's that's serious. There, he's he's jealous. He said, "Don't don't serve them because I'm a jealous God." But here are the consequences of that. He said, "Man, then the iniquity of you serving other God could affect your children to the fourth generation." That's a long, long time. I mean, most people don't live to see their children to the fourth generation because that's talking about your great great grand, some somewhere there, great 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 grand. So. We see the consequences there of serving other God. And he said, don't do it because I am a jealous God. I'm Jehovah Khan. Number 12 is Jehovah Makadeshkom. Makadeshkom. It is M-A-K-A-D-D-E-S-K-U-M. Makadeshkom. Jehovah Makadeshkom. M-A-K-A-D-D-E-S-K-U-M. All right, Makadeskom. And it means the Lord who sanctifies. You might hear some people say uh, Makadesh, but the Makadesh is really a short for Makadeshkom. Makadeskom, sorry. Makadeskom is the Lord who sanctifies. And Exodus 31, verse 13, and Leviticus 20, verse 8, speak to Jehovah Makadeskom. So that's Exodus 31, verse 13. And Leviticus 20, verse 8. You'll realize that a lot of these names are root in Exodus because that's when Israel was established as a nation and God was revealing himself as God to them, who he is to them, so that uh, they could understand the covenant that they were in. Number 13 is Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. And most people can fill in that one. Is the Lord our peace? Genesis 6, 24. Sorry, Judges, not Genesis. I'm sorry about that. So Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. It's Judges 6, verse 24. Judges 6, verse 24. And uh, may I just say something else on, on, on the Lord our peace? You know, Isaiah 26, verse 3, also speaks to him being the Lord our peace. You know, there are two kinds of peace. There is peace with God, and there is the peace of God, right? There is peace with God, and there is the peace of God. So peace with God is when you get born again. You make peace with God in terms of your eternal destiny. You are at peace with God in terms of your eternal destiny. But I am sure that, Many of you know people who are born again, but still need peace in their hearts and mind. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, that therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the, the born again aspect of it where you are at peace with God. But peace of God speaks to peace of mind. It speaks to uh, living in peace in, in your spirit, in your own life. And it's also a fruit of the spirit. So Paul in Philippians says, uh, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue or any praise, think on these things. And he, then he said, the peace of God 
which pass the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So he now speaks of the peace of God. So it's possible to be at peace with God, but don't have the peace of God. We need both, really. We need, every man need to be at peace with God because that speaks to your eternal destiny. But I'm telling you that it's also great to have the peace of God. You don't have the peace of God. You can go to your bed 11 o'clock and wake up 11.10 and you're miserable for the rest of the night and the rest of the day. Not many people want to be around people who don't have uh, the peace of God or Christians who don't have the peace of God. It can be really a difficult um, one. Number 14 is another interesting one. It's Jehovah Shaphat, S-H-A-P-H-A-T, all right? S-H-A-P-H-A-T, as Jehovah Shaphat, or Shaphat, you know, depends on how you pronounce it. Um, it means the Lord is judge. The Lord is judge. And that comes to us from scripture references, Judges 11, verse 27, all right? Judges 11, verse 27. Number 15, moving right along, is Jeho uh, Jehovah Sabawat. And I know we said something along that line uh, before, but as I said, some of these names are very similar, close in meaning, but we give them to you as used in the Hebrew, in the scripture. Jehovah Sabawat, and it means the Lord of hosts. I think the first one that we looked at was the Lord God of hosts. This one just uh, simple, uh, speaks to the Lord of hosts. Psalm 24 verse 10 is a scripture reference you can use there. Psalm 24 10 and Psalm 84 verse 1 and verse 3. So that's Psalm 24 10 and Psalm 84 verse, verses 1 and 3. Um, number 16 is Jehovah Elion. Just like we have El Elion, you also have Jehovah Elion, the Lord Most High. So that's Jehovah Elion, number 16, the Lord Most High. Psalm 7, verse 17. Jehovah Elion, the Lord Most High. Psalm 7, verse 17. Number 17 is Jehovah Raha. It's R-A-A-H. Ra. So give me if my pronunciation is not spot on, precise, but it's close. So that's R-A-A-H. Jehovah Ra. And it is the Lord, my shepherd, the Lord, my shepherd. And I want to remind you that he is the chief shepherd. We who serve as pastors are the under shepherd or shepherd under him. But he is the chief shepherd. And this is why one of the most outstanding, not one of, but the most outstanding characteristic of a pastor is a shepherd's heart. Uh, that can only be given to him by God. The, the, the board can't give you that. A shepherd's heart only come from God. So it's a calling. Psalm 23, verse 1. Let's, we're going to read that one. Psalm 23, verse... Well, let's read down to verse 3. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Well, you know, the reason why that back part is on there, as some people misunderstand it, the reason why I don't want... Is because the Lord is my shepherd and a good shepherd provides. So because he's such a good shepherd and he 
provides and he's always providing, he takes care of the sheep, then I, I don't want, or I'm, I'm not in need because my shepherd, my, my God provides. The Lord is my shepherd. As a result, I, I don't want, I don't lack anything. Because look at verse two, what he does. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. So you see, that's the shepherd. He lead me, uh, he, he make me to lie down in green pastures. So uh, the green pastures is what the sheep want. So I don't lack anything because my shepherd provide pastures for me. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He's not going to put me in danger that will uh, overcome me and, and cause harm and injury to me and all of that. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And I love verse three. I, I wish I had time to go into verse three. The first part about he restoreth my soul. I'm telling you that only the good shepherd can restore your soul. You see, it's that part of your life that uh, they can't operate on. They don't put you on the operating table. When someone is um, hurting in their soul, when they're, when they're broken in their soulish realm, that's the, the most difficult thing to address. But the good shepherd that we're talking about, he restoreth my soul. So even though my soul is broken, I don't want to hear from anybody, talk to anybody. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Look, verse 3, we can preach on verse 3 for six months. But he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In other words, he cannot afford for his name to be reproached. So as my shepherd, he leads me in righteousness, when I'm righteous, I mean righteousness demand dimensions of the kingdom that other keys can't open. So when he leads me into righteousness and I follow him and I'm righteous before him, then uh, the, the, the kingdom is open to me in a way that when people look at me, his name is not reproached. They can't say, look at him and he says he's a Christian and can't do this and that. If we walk in the righteousness of God as he leads us, we put ourselves in a position to be taken care of by God in ways that we would never dream of. Remember, it says, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. Remember, it says, uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Remember, it says the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man avail it much. Remember, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And we could go on and on about um, the, 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 the benefits, the dimension of the kingdom that you hope in by walking in righteousness. There is absolutely no other key that can open those kind of dimensions of the kingdom uh, for you. So he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That is sake, that, that his name is not reproach. Uh, let's go on. Number 18 is Jehovah uh, Hosenu. H-O-S-E-N-U. H-O-S-E-N-U. 
right. One more time, H-O-S-E-N-U. And it means the Lord, our maker. He is the Lord, our maker. Psalm 95, verse 6 is the reference there. Psalm 95, verse 6. Number 19. I'm sure by now you're getting used to this particular name. Number 19 is Jehovah Gibor. Remember we listened to a song about El Gibor, and um, that's one of the Eloistic names. I think this is one, one of the names that God's planting in our spirit uh, during these uh, during this study. El Gibor, Jehovah Gibor, the Lord is mighty. Isaiah 42, verse 13. Isaiah 42, verse 13. Number 20 is one that you would also know, Jehovah Sidkenu, has a funny spelling to it. It's T-S-I-D-T-S-I-D-K-E-N-U. So that's T-S-I-D-K-E-N-U. Jehovah said, can you? And it means the Lord, our righteousness. You know, we talk about righteousness not too long ago. You know, it's a very powerful subject, righteousness. And we have to understand that no righteousness uh, suffice except for the righteousness of God. So in Isaiah, it says, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. All right? So... It's our righteousness, our self-righteousness. When we're righteous according to our standards, he said all of that is filter rags because you can't be righteous. You can't make yourself righteous. But it, was, it is with God's righteousness in us that makes us somebody because First John now says, First John uh, 3, I think verse 7 says, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness or he that practices righteousness is righteous, even as God is righteous. And what that is telling us is that there is no level of righteousness. You, you can't be more righteous than me. You're either righteous or you're not righteous. If you practice righteousness, you're righteous, even as God is righteous. Wow. So he, he is the Lord of our righteousness. And Jeremiah 20, 23 verse 6 is the scripture there. Jeremiah 23, verse 6. We're winding down here. Two to go. Jehovah Shammah. Sure, some of you know about that one too. Jehovah Shammah. S-H-A-M-M-A-H. S-H-A-M-M-A-H. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there or ever-present. The Lord is there or ever-present. And sometimes we, we just have to scream that out. Heard Brother V.T. Williams giving a testimony one time, said he was, I think he was driving in the Falmouth area, and a car was overtaking him, and another one was coming down from the opposite direction, and he ended up in the middle of both of them, and it wasn't even wide enough, barely wide enough for uh, two cars. He said when he saw it, he just shouted out, Jehovah Shammah. said the next thing he knew, he was on the other side and in his car and still driving. Sometimes we need to remind the activities that are trying to impose themselves on us or to be present in our space that we serve Jehovah Shammah. Open up your mouth. Jehovah Shammah, I thank you that you're always there. You're a faithful God. You, you don't have to be in intercession to use these names. It's, it should be your practice. They talk about new normals. 
this, this should be our new normal, calling on the names of the Lord. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there, the ever-present one. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 48, verse 35. All right. Um, here's one, the last one that you probably are not very, very familiar with. But it says, Jehovah Yeshua Christus. Jehovah Yeshua Christus. So it's Christ OS on the end, Christus. Jehovah Yeshua Christus. And it means the Lord Jesus Christ or Jehovah Savior anointed. The Lord Jesus Christ or Jehovah Savior anointed. Jehovah Yeshua Christus. The Lord Jesus Christ or Jehovah Savior anointed. See, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest redemptive name ever to be revealed because it, it comprehends, comprises in a triune name all the compound or redemptive names of Je Jehovah. So all the names that we have looked at from the Eloistic side and Jehovah's Jehovahistic side, they're all compounded uh, in this name, compounded in this name, Jehovah, Yeshua, Christus. That, that is why, and we'll get into this another day, we talk about the name of Jesus is above every other name because in it, in Jehovah Yeshua Christus is healing, um, ever-present, uh, provision, whatever. All the names are compound in this one. And we want to read a scripture out of Colossians 2 verse 9. Last scripture we're going to read real quickly. And you can also note, Note Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. But we're going to read Colossians 2, verse 9. All right. So it says, for in him, talking about Jesus, that him is Jesus, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So all the fullness of the Godhead. So when Jesus said, I and my father are one and those things, he knew what he was talking about. When, 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 when Jesus was on earth, that was an extraordinary moment. You would see the body of Jesus, but in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead. That is why he could have gone down to Bethany and told them, Lazarus is not dead, he's sleeping, because the fullness of the Godhead was on the scene. And if you get God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the host of heaven on the scene of your circumstances, and I am telling you that something has to change. And you have the ability to bring God, Jesus, Holy Spirit on the scene of your circumstances. Walk righteously before God, pursuing. So Jesus went to the place that they laid Lazarus, the fullness of the garden, and he said, Lazarus! Come forth. Man, what an extraordinary moment. And you know why he had to call Lazarus by name. I'm sure you know that by now. Because if he had ever gone there and say, come forth, everybody in that cemetery would have come up. Because the fullness of the Godhead was. He needed Lazarus. The Bible said he came forth. I mean, the guy was dead for four days. He was buried. That's so miraculous because he wasn't on the face of the earth. He was into the earth. He came out because 
Jesus showed up. It is in the name and person of the Lord Jesus Christ that God meets every need of man in his redemptive power. I encourage you to study the names of God. Um, make them one. Make them a part of your life. Take time out day by day to declare different names in your life. Some situations that has been tough and maybe trying to frustrate you, just whenever they come around or whenever you go on that scene, just start, start saying, Hell, Gibbon, Jehovah Gibbon. I know that you're hovering over this place and this situation, mighty God. El Gibbon, have your way in this situation and watch God work in amazing ways in your life. Let us pray. Great Jehovah, we bless your name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth our iniquities, who healeth our diseases, who redeem our lives from destruction, you, Lord, crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. You satisfy our mouth with good things so that our strength is renewed like the eagles. We thank you tonight that as far as the east is from the west, so have you removed our transgressions from us. We thank you for the demonstration of El Gibbon in our lives. El Elyon. You are Adonai, Jehovah Rapha. Oh, show yourself strong. Thank you for the demonstration of your power in our lives. Thank you that you're working in and through us to will and to do of your good pleasure. We submit our hearts and our minds, our thoughts to you. Lord, there's so many times that our minds lead us into thinking that we can handle situations on our home, but we submit to your counsel and your lordship tonight. And we say, have thine own way in our lives. Your kingdom come and your will be done. God, I release Holy Ghost power in the lives and homes of all those who are tuned in tonight. God, let the tangible presence of your spirit permeate somebody's bed tonight that even as we sleep we would experience your power and your presence in ways that we have not before or not done in a long time thank you for your presence in somebody's bathroom thank you god for ministering to us like only you can in jesus name amen and amen and amen we thank you so much for joining us today god bless you and ensure you have a great day.